0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Encounters Podcast, and I am Steve Thompson. Today we are covering the Book of Ruth and the Person of Ruth. But along with Ruth, we get some of the other characters uh, who are a big part of this story. Naomi, her mother-in-law, and Boaz, the soon-to-be husband that she probably never would have seen coming. And what I'd love to notice about this passage is it echoes it echoes everything that we've already read in the Old Testament. In the books leading up to this, um, just this common refrain, time after time, God sets up laws for the people of Israel that were actually designed to protect the vulnerable and even to reset the economic picture every 50 years. Uh, if you if you want to look into that, look into the Jubilee year and um, find out what was going on there with what God commanded in Scripture and what actually never happened. Uh, the Israelites never were able to make it happen. But this constant refrain in nearly every book of the Bible that God will never forget those that the world seems to easily forget and sometimes even would rather try and forget. And so. I'm actually going to read a portion, not of the book of Ruth, but a portion of the book of Deuteronomy because it's, uh, it's where I happen to be doing my own personal devotions out of, but it, I found it foundational to what happens in the book of Ruth. So I'm just going to share this piece out of Deuteronomy when Moses, before they enter the land of uh, the promised land, uh, Moses shares this thought with them. Okay. Deuteronomy chapter 10, starting in verse 12. And now Israel, what does the Lord, your God require of you? He requires only that you fear the Lord, your God and live in a way that pleases him and love him and serve him with all your heart and soul. And you must always obey the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today for your own good. Look, the highest heavens and the earth and everything in it, All belong to the Lord your God. Yet the Lord chose your ancestors as the objects of his love, and he chose you, their descendants, above all other nations, as is evident today. Therefore, change your hearts. Stop being stubborn. For the Lord, your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords. He is the great God, the mighty and awesome God who shows no partiality and cannot be bribed. He ensures that orphans and widows receive justice. He shows love to the foreigners living among you and gives them food and clothing. So you too must show love to foreigners for you yourselves were once foreigners in the land of Egypt. You must fear the Lord, your God and worship him and cling to him. Your oaths must be in his name alone. He alone is your God. The only one who is worthy of your praise, the one who has done these mighty miracles that you have seen with your own eyes just such an impassioned plea, but as well this amazingly lofty picture of a God who is all-powerful and almighty and always looking out for those who will be powerless or the underdog in society. I know we've already said this before, but I, I can't help but say this is a recurring theme. And so hopefully you can see this in Ruth, who dares to join her mother-in-law, who is going back to her culture. So Ruth is going back as a foreigner and as a widow. And so she's got several strikes against her in terms of her ability to manage any part of her future. And we hear in her mother-in-law Naomi's voice saying, God has caused this to happen. God has brought this grief upon us. But I want us to focus on the fact that, That God wants us to identify with the foreigners for Israel because they were foreigners in the land of Egypt. They were even slaves in the land of Egypt. And then you fast forward to the New Testament, and God implores us to continue to identify with the foreigners because we too are foreigners. We too are actually citizens of another realm. So we are sojourners, is another word for this. We are not citizens of this earth. We are not even citizens of this country, even though, yes, we can declare that we have citizenship, we've got passports, we can pay taxes, all of that. But that doesn't mean that we have any allegiance to this country. It is allegiance to the kingdom and to the kingdom of God breaking into our country and into our world that we get to be a part of. So, here, I just want to clarify that doesn't mean that we don't have anything to do with local politics or that we avoid community development or making changes. No, 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 no. It has the opposite effect. As people and citizens of the kingdom, we of all people should be the most engaged and invested because we have an outsider's perspective. We know what it's like to not be from around these parts, to not have the advantages and protections and networks and inside tracks of a citizen of this world, of this nation, of this community. And so we will always be on the lookout for those who lack those advantages and we identify and help bring them alongside. So I think that's just a super important, helpful perspective that we always have to have in everything we do and how we approach our engagement with our community, with our country and with our world. Now let me make this personal, Um, and it's going to be a personal story from me that hopefully uh, impacts or has meaning and significance for you, and that's this concept of the Kinsman Redeemer. And Christine and her message on Sunday uh, covered this uh, pretty well. So I will just like kind of add to that. If you haven't heard it, then then go check out her message first, maybe for more detail. For sure, read the book of Ruth. That'll help fill you in on some of this. But it's interesting because a lot of this is very foreign to us because we're reading a book from a foreign culture, an ancient culture that had very different customs and values than we have. And so we risk kind of misunderstanding uh, what they did as being crazy and archaic and barbaric even, uh, and some of it was, but the laws that God gave again were to help protect those who were vulnerable and being exploited uh, by the practices of that day. So uh, I had just heard a story recently, a gentleman from Africa, where he was trying to explain that now that he lives in the UK, how when he talks about the people of his tribe and the customs that they had, uh, we, we view them as Backwards, but his tribe actually still uh, gives a dowry when entering into the marital agreement, but they don't at all see it as a purchasing of a person, not by any stretch. It is the uniting of two families by giving lavish gifts. Um, or when uh, his grandmother's first husband died, she actually married her her first husband's younger brother, and so that levirate marriage that we heard Christine talk about. It was a value in this African culture from today. But that's because they viewed marrying into a family and not just merely marrying a person. A marriage was a union of two uh, families. And so it only made sense that they'd be loyal then to that family that they committed to, that they covenanted to. So that's just an example of where some of these things are still in existence today. And we would risk running over a culture if we don't try to understand and listen to that culture and the value that they're speaking. Say so, so that Kinsman Redeemer concept, um, let me go there. Uh, I don't know that you know this about me. I'm sure I've never said it before publicly, but uh, when I was a teenager, I lived in Brazil. (laughs) And I laugh because if you've been around me for like 10 minutes, you've heard me say that. I get mocked routinely on staff for basically only having stories that relate to when I was a teenager, I lived in Brazil, but this isn't about me. Actually, this is my mom's perspective uh, in that big move. They had lived in Brazil before I was born. So that wasn't new, but moving back, it meant uh, only taking me with them and not my, my brothers who are married and starting to have kids. And so for them, it was difficult to leave family behind uh, when they went and, Honestly, um, my grandma, my dad's mom, who had lived with us, uh, she was in a nursing home when we left, and and dad had been praying along with her. I hope this doesn't sound awful, but that the Lord would take her home um, so that dad could wrap up all the the loose ends and make sure all of her affairs and the estate was taken care of before he left. But that didn't happen. and And then my sister-in-law, Um, was pregnant with their first child, and it was a really difficult pregnancy. And they were highly concerned about the delivery, the birth and delivery process, and how that was going to go just because it had been such a difficult pregnancy. And my parents wanted to be there for that. Uh, but the due date wasn't until late October, and we moved in early August. And so, when, as we were going, my mom read the book of Ruth. And as she was reading through it, and she got to the tail end of chapter four, she felt like the Lord was speaking right to her, was sharing the same promise of protection and care um, for her and her family by being a kinsman redeemer. And God, through this story of Boaz taking care of both Naomi and Ruth in this process, She felt like God was saying, I am going to take care of your family in the same way. I have this. And so just to tell you a little bit more of what happened, um, late October came around. My sister-in-law did in fact have uh, her baby, her son. And then the very next day, my grandma passed away and my parents all of a sudden Um, didn't think they could get back up to the States that wasn't in the budget. Uh, the mission could not pay for that, but somebody took care of plane tickets for both, not only my dad, but my dad and my mom to go up so that they could take care of my grandma's personal, uh, stuff, estate and affairs. And my mom could also stay with my sister-in-law and help out and be a nurturer during that time, uh, for over a week. And it was just one way in which God orchestrated meaningful provision and a a confirmation that he in fact uh is my mom's my parents, our family's kinsman redeemer, and that became a very special moment in our story together as a family and in God showing up in our story um and so when I think back. To that, when I think back to um, the book of Ruth and and Ruth and Naomi's story, they thought that they were being punished by with with their the husbands dying. They thought that the Lord had brought this calamity on them, and it wasn't until the end of the book that they could see God orchestrating ultimately a redemption to their suffering, to bring good out of what had been evil, and their loyalty their insistence on being faithful and doing the right thing is the means by which uh, God honored them and lifted them up. And so here's what I've sensed my father God asking me today, remembering Ruth's story, remembering my mom's story, and remembering that God insists on being our kinsman redeemer. He asked me to remain faithful and loyal, to do the next right thing, even though it feels like there's loss in it, even though there's grieving and uncertainty, and we're not clear what God is causing or preventing or orchestrating. It seems muddy to us while we're in the middle of it. But what we can and should hear God saying along the way, as we take those faithful steps, is, I am your Redeemer your kinsman redeemer. I am big enough to take care of you, to take care of your family, even when you feel powerless to do so. So I felt compelled to share that with you in case that was significant for you, in case that maybe uh, provides some perspective some to some things you're going through uh, today and right now as well. Let me pray with us together to end this. Lord God, thank you thank you that you have set a pattern of looking out for those who feel most helpless helpless and most powerful thank you that you have set a pattern of caring for family when we feel like we could not or when we felt like obeying you would mean that we're not able to um lord you have been faithful and we have to continue to remember these stories and to tell these stories so that we can continue to take faithful steps into the future. So Lord, what is that faithful step for us today? And Lord, I also pray that you would put a song on our lips, a song of praise in recognition of how good and wonderful and mighty and loving you are. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.